All right, welcome back at it to another episode of the Life in Red podcast. It's lifeinredpodcast.com at lifeinredpodcast on Facebook and Instagram and Life in Red Pod on Twitter. My guest for the show today, every time I talk to, I call them kids, but you know, teenagers, the youth of today, uh, I'm so often taken back and impressed about how much of a difference they want to make at such an early age. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, the internet and, and being connected globally and having a lot of access to your, your role models and very influential people. But I just take a moment with me. And, uh, you know, as I look back to when I was in high school, you know, I had a good head on my shoulders, but I was an idiot. I made so many dumb mistakes and there was no way I was thinking big picture like kids today and exactly like my guest does he is a, a fellow unsinkable champion with me he works with the unsinkable youth uh, which is meant all about mental health and empowering people and community in regards to their you know mental health um he is the founder of global line which is a clothing brand and apparel company that looks to solve and and help poverty in you know, underserved areas, specifically India and Bangladesh, which is where his family's from. Just absolutely remarkable and a great kid with uh, an amazing future ahead of him and so much potential. And I was so happy to chat with him and learn about his story. So if you want to check out Global Line, you can go to globaline.org uh, and, and look at that mission there. Please give it up for my guest, Zafir Zemin. Take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Welcome to Life in All right, continuing on the path of uh, chatting with my fellow Insinkable family today, my uh, my good man Zafir. Welcome. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, you, you seem to be an interesting guy. Uh, we only got to briefly kind of chat. I only got to hear a little bit about your story. Um, so I'm looking forward to this chat, but it seems to kind of go in, I guess, a bunch of little directions here. I know you were talking about bullying. You were talking about some of your own struggles and how you stood up for some people. So I'll give you the chance to, to, to take, take me through your, your journey and your story here. Um, was the story, did you start by experiencing mental health issues and that's how you kind of got into what you've been doing or did it kind of come about accidentally? So it actually came in elementary schools. I got bullied most of my life through elementary school. And so I had no one to really talk to because I was scared. Mm. And so today, as I see, like, as I reflect, so many of the young students, so many of the youth have to go through that till this day. And they cannot talk to others about it, like others about getting bullied or any problem because they think that like talking about the mental health makes them weak, right? And I was at that moment, like once upon a time, but talking about it and getting help actually make things so much better. Elementary school is a very 
you know, young age for a lot of people, I think, to start experiencing some of these things. You know, I, I know myself, I guess I was, you know, grade seven and eight when it first kind of started to manifest and me starting to notice things as I look back. But I think most people start going through the mental health struggles a lot later in life. So when you talk about being bullied, I mean, share what you're comfortable with, but what were some of the things that like you were getting picked on? Was it just general stuff? Was it just p- people in particular or, you know, was there certain issues that really like affected who you were? Absolutely. So um, back in elementary school, like I used to get bullied about my weight because I was a pretty like healthy guy back then. And I absolutely loved sports. I loved track and field mainly. But because of my weight, because of everything, I cannot really like run to the level where track and field people have to run like 100 meters, 200 meters. So I used to never be able to run around the track like once, right? So I did, so I used to get picked up, like, so I used to get like picked on that. And so that really demotivated me from track and field and from all sports. So later on, what I did was I picked myself up and I was like, hey, I won't let that happen. And so I start to train, you know, start diet, start like um, stamina training and everything. So then at one point I I'm able to um, like, you know, run 100 meters. I got on the like I got on the team and I won gold. So that's my story. Wow. (laughs) And this was elementary school. Or is this more into high? So again, you know, that's quite young to, to have that light bulb moment. You know what I mean? Like not everybody is able to pick themselves up at that young of age and kind of be able to reflect and then take that reflection and put it into action, you know, for you to start training, for you to start losing weight, right? As as a kid, your mind's just not I mean, that's very general, but you, the, yeah. the mind just really isn't that formed yet that you, you can make those choices to really, really go after something like that. What was, what was the light bulb moment? Why did all of a sudden it just click for you? And you're like, you know what? I'm not going to let these bullies get to me. I'm going to take action in my own life and I'm, I'm going to go do this thing. Absolutely. So it was a lot about like my role models. So I used to look up to a lot of Olympians um, like Usain Bolt. When he started winning continuously, I, I really like searched him up and I looked at a lot about uh, like how he trained, what he did, what he didn't, when he woke up. And I just started following the process because I kept him as a role model. And I was like, hey, I got to be like him. And so I just started following his daily routine. And with that, I saw like a lot of um, change coming into me, right? Through motivation, through like health-wise, I was getting faster. I was getting, like, I was losing weight. And, you know, every single day I just kept running, like after school, this all after school, because I didn't want the other kids to see me, right? Because the the kids would be like, oh, look, like, look at them. Right, so this was all after school. I kept on training, 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 and then all of a sudden, the kids who bullied me, they saw that I was faster than them. They're like, what happened? <laughs> so that was when I was like, okay, motivation, 
like it's all in your head, right? It's it's all in your head. So you got to really pick yourself up and you have to just go for it. You know, like, of course, there is going to be fear along the way, but it's all about your mindset. You got to know that the people who pick on you, the people who bully you, they're just there. You know, like they're just there. You got to you got to jump like over the hurdle and you got to just keep on going. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you were going through the, the process that like I'm going through now as a 28 year old, almost 29, you know, this is like, you're having those thoughts about what I'm just kind of figuring out, which is quite interesting, but it goes to show that f- following somebody who, who is able to achieve great things and the power that holds, I don't know. Do you know who David Goggins is? Uh, I didn't, I don't no, that's know. okay. So he's a guy I follow on social media and uh, he's not an athlete or anything, but he was, um, he, he used to be uh, like a very heavy set, very large guy. And then something clicked in his brain um, and he was able to, you know, become a Navy SEAL. And now he's this like guy who is just like wild. He'll run like multiple marathons in a day he'll like try to break the world record for chin-ups and i kind of look at myself and i i follow him and i, I look what he's saying and the things that he he's doing and i'm like okay like maybe i can't do that like maybe one day i can but i can't do that now yeah. but just following him and seeing him do that i'm like well i can go and do something and i think your experience with usain bolt like I think is along the same path that like, you know, you follow someone who can achieve great things and it can motivate you to at least attempt to try to, to, to achieve great things. Exactly. And I, honestly, I think I know who, um, who you're talking about now as I just clicked in with the yeah. new feel, but exactly. Like it is all about like mentality, right? Because the people who like, you know, they always think about like, they, like they always think about um, how can I make myself better, right? Now that's a mindset that you have to get yourself into. Like that's like a stage that you have to get yourself into, right? How can I make myself better every day? And I'm not saying that wake up and like, you know, just change your life, like try to change your life in one day. It's like baby steps, right? You gotta, like, it's a process and you gotta enjoy the process as well. There's gonna be a lot of ups, there's gonna be a lot of downs. And so you gotta really, enjoy the process, but also learn and also really um, like step yourself, like you have to like step up, like as you're learning. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you're able to help yourself. You're able to achieve some sort of success with what you were going through. When did it turn into trying to help other people? Absolutely. So my mentoring motivational speaking journey started um about like four or five six years ago it was kind of like around ending of grade five ish where i was going through that stage of the track and field stage so what happened was that like i actually helped the student with his mental health and the way i did that was by just talking listening and understanding him and understanding the problem. And I was trying to help them out by solving the problem from the root, right? Because I feel like 
usually people just like solve problems like which are just like you know these like brush off the problem but honestly to help someone out you got to know the root like of what they are facing like for me it was bullying and what caused the bullying was my weight so that's what kept me motivated because my main goal was okay i'm gonna lose weight so i can run faster right so I try to help people with the root of the problem and I try to solve like the problem like by just talking to them, listening to their piece and we just go, like it's a conversation, right? And that's how I initially started helping people and my mentoring and my motivational speaking that came in the same way because I started helping out multiple students and I was like, okay, like they, I saw them like gain a lot of knowledge they like they really um took all the knowledge and changed up and they were like off their race right like they were good to go they're like thank you so much for your help appreciate it like in all like in like last two years no one really did this like no one helped me out like you did so i thank you for that and after like like receiving all that acknowledgement i was like i want to become a mentor i want to become a motivational speaker so i can help a lot more students like all around the world, a lot more of the youth so they can be better and stronger. I mean, that's very noble of you, especially at a young age. Um, I, I've talked to a few, I guess, youths now on this podcast, as I would say, because even though I said I'm 28, I feel a lot older when I talk to them. But one thing I, I admire about your generation, when I was your age, I wasn't thinking about any of this i was like all right i have a crush on a girl you know like i want to hang out with my friends on the weekend i want to go play hockey like i'm not thinking about the world in this very like a holistic way where i i feel just there's a lot of people you know around your age and and younger and and these people who are getting very involved with their community and with the world and trying to change it for the better, whether it's with mental health, whether it's motivation, whether it's climate change, whether it's racial injustices, that it, it, it's incredibly, I guess, inspiring that, that your generation can, can think this way. I, I don't know. Do you have thoughts on maybe why people of your generation, your age group, the people you go to school with, if you're thinking about your friends, the people you interact with, that that puts them in this mindset that they, they're just so willing to help and not only help small picture, help each other one-on-one like friends would, but try to change the world. Yeah, so, well, it's honestly because nowadays we have like social media, we have like our, like our phone right here, right? And so a lot of things which happen, it always happens on social media. I am currently in high school. And so my journey started in elementary school, but you know, I've had rough times like through middle school as well. I was of course like track and field was my main like sport. Of course I got picked on like, because they're trying to put me down and they used to usually post on social media, right? So social media was like um, the main place where people would be talking about each other. And so, you know, I saw that and what I did was, okay, 
like the main bullying spot is unfortunately social media. So what we do is we take our like we take our stories and we try to help all the others because you never know what someone's going through. You, you never know when someone is getting bullied through social media, like like cyberbullying, and they're keeping it to themselves. So that's why I, I try to share my part of the story with so many other youth because so they can relate to me. They can find me as motivation. So they can find me as a role model of how I, like with all the bullying that is happening, I lifted myself up. I was like, okay, let them talk about me. It's cool. I will beat them no matter what. That's exactly what I did. Because mo most of the bullying which happened to me was through track and field. They're like, how did this happen? He's on something. He's this, he's that. Like he's, maybe he's taking meds, right? But I'm like, you guys don't see that I'm waking up at 6 a.m. And I am like, just like, you know, I'm doing my cardio every day. You guys don't see that. I'm restricting my, like, while you guys are out partying, drinking, I'm here, like, working hard on, like, my physical health, on my mental health, and I'm, and I'm here educating others about theirs. You guys are all having pizza, I'm here having salad. Like, there's, they don't see the back, they only see the outcome, you know what I mean? And so, you know, they always posting stuff on social media, yo, this guy's on meds, this guy's on this, this guy's on that. No, it's, it's all the hard work. And so I got to share my story so other youth can relate to that and see me as a source of motivation and a role model. I find that really interesting that there's like the two separate mindsets that, you know, like I was just referencing all the young people who want to go out and change the world. But then, you know, you still have children that children I'll call you children but you know young teens and, and youth that more of the traditional method that more that I was more like I wanted to eat pizza I wasn't thinking about training or anything like that um that I mean like I mean that's cool <laughs> like I'm saying like I'm not saying like don't go out don't have fun but like you know like, of course, like there are times like, you know, during COVID, during the winter, I'm gaining weight, right? Cause I'm always indoors and you know, that's cool. When you like pick on someone and stuff, that's not cool. You know, like that, that's what really gets you, right? Yeah, what I was getting is that like, even with all the knowledge that, that you have today, that even I didn't have when I was in, like Facebook came out when I was in like grade 10. So it was like, it was there. But none of us had smartphones. So like I didn't have my first smartphone until I was in college. We had flip phones. And even when I first started, I, I was doing like T9 Word and typing the letters really fast. And, you know, it was basically like using a friggin' rotary phone. But so this, what, I, what I'm saying is like the cyberbullying wasn't there really yet. The, the amount of information we, we were high-speed internet was just becoming a normal thing. Um, but so it's interesting to me that even though you have so many youth talking about mental health, you have so many, so much access to information and tools and resources that there's still issues of cyberbullying, that there's kids that are still getting picked on, that there's still that mentality. 
And to me, that's just interesting when you can open up any social media app and know that bullying is wrong because so many people are, are speaking about it. Yeah. Well, with, this is why us as motivational speakers, mentors, we come in. This is our role that I've been through it before. So I know. And so many, so many of the youth, they all go through it, right? But they're always scared because they don't know who to talk to, right? I personally, back in the day, like I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. So I just kept it within myself, got insecure. So that's why my role that I find is to help the youth by becoming that person who they can, who they can share all their thoughts with. So I can help them out because I'm in high school, right? And of course, like I'm using some social media a lot. And I know what happens on social media with like cyberbullying and stuff. Because you know, so many kids they don't under like they, they they don't find the proper like people to talk to when they're the ones who are getting bullied and when they when they feel insecure. So that's why we come in and we try to help them out. And till today, I have been able to help so many people out just through social media. Um, like they come up to me, they're like, hey, like they talk about their their cyberbullying and how that's affecting them. And I'm like, look, they, people will always talk down. There's never, like, never, ever will people not talk down, right? And just try to remember one thing that whenever you're doing something right, whenever, like, whenever you're doing something right, whenever you are trying to scale up and trying to be on the next level, people will always try to pull you down, but it's up to you to listen to them or listen to yourself Hmm. right so that's what i always tell the youth yeah i work at so my my day job i work in radio um but the the saying goes for for radio for tv for media and now more so for you know youtubers gamers content creators whatever influencers that the, the saying is you do not make it like you have not made it until somebody hates you. And it's yeah. a very unfortunate reality of, of life and of our culture and our society. But the, the, the bigger you get, the more famous you get, the more people who are going to, to hate. And you can talk that up to, you know, jealousy. You can talk that up to whatever you want, but it just, it goes to show, like, I, I see people who go viral on TikTok and you never really, you hope you go viral, but you never really expect to go viral. And this happened back in the day too, when you could go viral on Instagram and everything as well. But what ends up happening is they, they, they go viral for something and it might be something funny. It might be something stupid. But they don't know, but the amount of like crap that they get from people that they all of a sudden they can't handle it. And I don't think a lot of people understand that, you know, the 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 amount of anger the amount of hate that comes with with going you know becoming famous or or having a lot of attention drawn to yourself i did want to ask you and i i don't know if you have an answer because it's a big question but i don't know if your friends or or you or have ever thought about it or ever talk about it but do you ever watch when adults are on social media you know acting ridiculously whether it's yell at, like 
mad tweeting at the prime minister or at politicians or at news anchors. Like, do you ever see that on social media and just become embarrassed or just look at it and just be like, like, these are the adults. Like I've always wanted to know that perspective of, of young people when they get, they see that on social media. Um, yeah. So there is always, you know, like, of course there are, everyone has their own opinion on things. Right. And so they try to express their opinion and me personally, it's their opinion. Right. And of course, everyone is free to disagree with them. And so when I see that, when I see the crazy tweets and like, you know, all of that, (laughs) sometimes it's funny. You know, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes I think about it and I'm like, (laughs) sometimes I think about it and I'm like, well, what's going through their head at the moment? And I'm like, well, they, that's them, right? Like if they're if they're mad, they don't know who to talk to. They just you know spread all. They just go on social media, and they just you know they just post it on social media so they can create a conversation there. Yeah, it's a it's a funny question, but you know even like I look at people like I look at people in their forties and their fifties, which is twice my age, and I'm like, like I try to look at it, you know, as mental health advocates. I try to look, like you said, like what's going on in their head? What are the, what are the factors that are leading them to be this way? Because I don't think anybody thinks that it's, it's, it's healthy or that like you're, you are of a good frame of mind when you're tweeting at the, you know, whatever, Justin Trudeau with like these really weird conspiracies or like these really weird things being said you know, and it's just, you know, if I'm looking at it, like, do young people look at it and be like younger people? And they're like, is that my future? Like, am I going to be that person who's angrily tweeting at the prime minister? Like, (laughs) I hope not. I mean, honestly, like, there are times, like, of course, as you were saying that the more successful you get, the more haters you have. And it's a fact. It's true. And so, you know, like Justin Trudeau, he's the prime minister. And there's so many people who, of course, like time to time are against, right? And, you know, they go on social media, they post things like, hey, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. We see it and I'm like, okay, like maybe Justin Trudeau seeing it. And he's like, okay, maybe like, like maybe he's seeing it, right? And then over here, there's like, you know, 5,000, 6,000 people who are with that tweet, who support the tweet, there might be 10,000 more people who don't support it, right? So, you know, it's all about opinions and them sharing their opinions, them sharing what like may be better in their opinion for the country, right, or for like whatever purpose. So I just look at it and I'm like, hey, that's their opinion. I just, like, sometimes I think about it, sometimes I'm like, okay, like I just keep on scrolling, right? yeah <laughs> there's uncle johnny again uh, no definitely not gonna <laughs> read that um no i again what you're saying is like back then when i was your age there's been there's no way i would be thinking that way but it, it just always interests me the effects of how we use social media as adults um how that would 
affect how young people who are growing up and trying to learn how to navigate their their way into society and how to act as you know quote unquote a, a pr- proper adult or you know what i mean that yeah. when you're seeing everyone behave in a, in a way that is just very weird um you know i i always wonder the the effects on on how that's going to lead the next generation i did want to ask you there's a a great thing that like i think it's when you're like up to 11 or 12 or eight, whatever the age is that like you're growing up trying to earn the respect of your parents or the gratitude or, you know, the attention of your parents. But what, once you hit that age, then you are trying, you're, you're no longer focused on gaining the approval from your parents. You're trying to gain the approval of your peers. So you have less care about what you think adults think of you, but you have a lot more care about what your friends you know, the, the people in your class, the people in your school, how they perceive and think of you. So I'm, I'm wondering as, you know, as a peer support system and worker and you doing your motivational speaking and helping people one-on-one, do you feel, and would you feel if it was returned back at you that it's much easier to talk to people of your own age about your problems than it would to be, say, your parents or the school counselor or whatever? Like, is it, is that kind of like the mindset? It's just easier to talk to someone your age about everything that's going on. So the reality is that there are times when the youth want to talk to the youth about their problems because they can, because sometimes the youth have practical experience. Okay. So like let's say like there are there are topics which are meant which you know talking to adults like school counselors my parents are the only way to go but also me being like in my teens and me being a mental motivation speaker i like sometimes students do talk about topics which are about older people which they cannot share with them because they feel a certain way. And they're like, hey, what do you think? Like, so it's all about like age and their personal opinion about it. Like I've, like there are topics about parents, right? Because sometimes a per like a teen can disagree with their parents. Of course, like, you know, maybe the teenager has talked to their parents about it and the parents disagree and they went back and forth, but they both have different opinions on it. So that's when that teenager might contact one of their peers that, hey, this is what I talked to with my parents. They disagree. What do you think? Or what, or if you were in my shoes and if you talk to your parents about it, what would they say? So this is the thing with age, right? Of course, there are certain things which are meant for adults. Cause they know, cause sometimes, yes, they do know a lot more than us. That is like, it could go both ways. Right. Yeah. How do you, how do you keep yourself informed and up to date and with the resources? Because, you know, what you're doing is, is very, 
noble and important and, and very gracious of you to, to take on. But what you're doing is you are also taking on sometimes probably a heavy burden and a heavy responsibility that what you say or what you tell people or what you suggest, you know, it, it, it might have to be, you know, something a little more seriously than like, oh, you had an argue with your parents. It's going to be okay. How do you make sure that you are giving the the right information or directing them the right way? Do you, you know, is there articles? Like, do you read a lot? Do, do, do you work with certain organizations or people to make sure that, you know, you're up to date with some of the, the latest ways to deal with things? Absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. So what I usually do is I, like, I, before I didn't used to, like, like, I never really, like, read a lot, but when I first, but when I started mentoring motivational speaking, I started reading a lot of personal development books. And that's how I gained information. And along with that, I do have my mentors. Mm. Like, I sometimes, I, I sometimes, like, I attend webinars, like, like, seminars, and, like, all of those just about, like, mental health. And I get to learn a lot more from them. And so when I get all the information, I process all of it. And I put into like sections, like this is about like anxiety. This is about depression. This is about parent, this is about thing. So, you know, I just put in sections. So whenever like I'm talking to like one of my peers or like the youth about um, a certain, like, like, like a certain topic, I remember I'm like, oh, right. So on this webinar with this agency or like supporting immigrants, I heard about this, about how, like, how like this happens. So I just shared that with them. And then we go back and forth and they're like, hey, I never knew about this. And so I'm like, yeah. So I give them more information. They take it in, they ask questions. And then like, you know, we just turn the conversation, honestly, like, it's never like me lecturing. It's not like you have to do this, this, this to make this better. No, it's it's all about a conversation. That's why I love to do one-to-one. So, so they could talk to me, ask me questions, ask me about my opinion. I could give them my opinion and I could tell them like, hey, this might help. Try it. If it doesn't, try this. If that doesn't try that, like, you know, that's why I love the like the one-to-one, like like Zoom meets. Like I like I love Zoom meets because they're fast and efficient, especially like during COVID. So um that's what I usually do. I, I like I always turn into like a conversation. Yeah. Right. No, I mean that's what you have to do, right? A lot of people, a lot of the issue stems from them just feeling like they haven't been heard. Um, and, and once they feel heard, you can really start to dissect things. And like you said earlier, get to that root and then see how, you know, you can, you can direct that. Um, how do you make sure you, you know, you're in the right frame of mind. It's one thing to offer people advice and, you know, you, you do a lot of reading and everything. So that, that's all great. But sometimes when you get I guess, overwhelmed or, or the feelings start taking over, sometimes it's hard to remember your own advice. So what are like some of the things that, that you do to try to keep your mind right, to, to make sure that you're in the right frame of mind to be able to 
perform because you're, I say perform, that's a little dramatic, but you know, you're a student. So your homework and going to class and now you have to do it all virtually. You know, you, you have a, what the looks of a company that we'll be getting into in a little bit, doing all these side projects, you know, like, and then trying to navigate the years of being a teen. <laughs> like I said earlier, like when I was a teen, I just wanted to like talk to my crush, hang out with my friends and play hockey. Like I didn't care about anything else. So like, how do you try to like maintain your mind and balance it all? It's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. it's hard. Especially with like school. I have my company. I have like my mentoring, my motivational speaking, which I do. It's hard to keep track of all three. And of course, there are like, of course, I get overwhelmed. Like, I'm human. Like, like I get overwhelmed. I get like, you know, times get rough for me as well. And so, of course, I got to deal with it too. But I never, like, whenever, like, that moment happens, I always try to keep myself up. I'm like, hey, the youth need me. My company needs me. School, I don't want to fall back. I don't want to fail. So I always try to keep up with everything of course it gets overwhelming at times and the best way I deal with it is like before like before the winter came I used to always head out like I was a reactive person cycling like I love cycling um it's like road biking and like mountain biking and everything um I love to do that so I used to keep active to keep my to keep my head free to keep my mind free you know, like, so when I used to come back, I used to feel refreshed. Of course, the main, like, honestly, what I've heard and what I've experienced is nighttime is when everything really kicks in, you know, like when like overwhelming, like the overwhelming feeling and like that, it all kicks in at nighttime. So I usually like read and like that sometimes helps, sometimes doesn't and sleep proper sleep like I just like whenever there's like a lot like, like a lot of things going on at once I go to bed early so I can wake up early and during like that's like my rest the, like that's like my resting period so in the morning my mind's refreshed and I look back and I fix everything like whatever I have to fix or I just like add things to it and I am like I could say I'm good at time management and I feel like that's very important, especially with having like three things going together, school, company, and my motivational speaking. So time management is key for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard skill to, to learn and even harder to master. Exactly. Um, some people will struggle with that their, their entire lives. And the fact that you get up early, you know, at someone your age makes it even harder than at someone my age or someone older because the the sleep that your body requires to to you know perform normal human functions to grow to to all the things that happens when when you're a teenager you know when I was in high school not so much in obviously in the school year because you have school but 
during the summer, like I would stay up to like 6 a.m. and then like sleep to like 4 p.m. at, t- at times. <laughs> like there was no getting up. Or I was staying up until the early morning when some people would be waking up. Yeah. But even like going to school, there like you know my school started at an ungodly hour. Like 8 a.m. was like first class. So as soon as school was done, it was nice. We were out by like two something. But I would go have a nap, then wake back up, and then like have the evening, whatever. Go to hockey practice or. I, I want to say do homework, but I never did homework. And then like, I'd go back to bed at like 11 PM. You just, you need so much sleep. So it's, it's, it's something that like you're, you're able to find some sort of routine and discipline when basically your, your body and your mind are pretty much telling you like, no, this is not what we want. We want you to do something else. Like it just adds to the the challenge. Yeah, and also with motivating myself, like that's also a big thing because being a motivational speaker, you need more motivation as well. And sometimes it's like you know, I'm I'm like I'm like very social media, like I'm like I'm, I'm like heavy on social media, and what I do is my following. Most of it is just like most of it is all just in like inspirational stuff goal cast like like the things which motivate me so whenever i'm on social media i'm not like i'm not like going through like you know like whatever people go through it's mainly just like inspiration because i need that all the time because of course i have so many things going on and i need people i I need to hear things which inspire me to work harder so I could get, so I could get the things done like perfectly and like on time. So that's also a big thing with, with social media. So mm-hmm. you want to always keep on like inspiring yourself, motivating yourself. And as we are all on social media today, you think like what I recommend is if you want to motivate yourself more, try to follow the inspirational, like, like there are like a lot of like inspirational, like quote like accounts try to follow them so whatever your goal whenever like you're scrolling it's it's like most of it's just like inspiration like you could like wait like uh, like i follow this post a lot like this one post so like i see often it's about a per it's about like a successful person's like routine mm. you know when i like first like saw it i was like hey no, this seems legit let me try it out so we're waking up by like six taking a cold shower in the morning nope oh trust me (laughs) i was like that before but but quite recently i started to do cold showers in the morning and it actually like i think it's like you take a hot shower first and then you bash yourself with cold with Mm -hmm. that cold cold therapy yeah and you have double the energy and i've actually experienced it like 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 it's actually like like it actually works because when i wake up first thing I do is I look at my stats on like on like global on like my business right and that takes a lot of energy because you gotta like deal with like sponsors you gotta deal with this you gotta deal with that like there's so much and then you have school starting at like 8 45 so you gotta finish that go to school and then after school you start writing scripts doing this doing that for like content on Instagram so it's so it's a long day and like the cold showers in the morning really help. Trust me. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna <laughs> trust you. <laughs> um, no, it's it's interesting. There's 
uh, a philosophy I follow that information is all like the food you eat in terms of good diet and bad diet. And then if you bog yourself down with, with toxic, you know, posts and like I was talking about the trolls earlier and like those people going wild on politics, you know, it can easily bring you down into a negative mindset because that's all you're reading. And that's, that's happened to me. You know, I had to go back to therapy after a couple of years of not having to do it because of the way I was using specifically Twitter um, and dissecting the information I was receiving there. And, and it really bogged my mental health. Um, so, you know, filling it with good information, a good information diet, like to me is something I do believe in and something that I find critical. Um, and then when you're talking about motivation, that you, there, there's the intrinsic motivation and there's the extrinsic motivation. So, you know, what you're talking about is extrinsic, extrinsic motivation, which is, you know, the motivational posts, the, the good music or whatever, all that stuff, the stuff that you use to get you pumped up, but it's the intrinsic that's much harder, which is like the discipline, the, the self-talk to be able to get up at 6am, even when you don't want to and hop in that cold shower, which hell no, I'm not going to do. I love my hot shower. Sometimes I just have a hot shower just to have a shower because I just love the warmth. It's so nice. So, you know, it's interesting that you're already, kind of going through these ideas and, and, and using them. But I, I want to talk about your company, Global Line, because, you know, not only is it a company and strangely fascinating that a high school student has a company, but it also has a mission that you also have a more holistic goal with the company. And it's not just pure evil capitalism. Tell me a little about what you do, what your company does and what you're hoping to do with it. Absolutely. So Global Line, so the name of a company is Global Line, and Global Line is a clothing brand that is dedicated to help poverty stricken areas all around the world. And the way we do that is by donating 10 to 15% from every single purchase to the people and areas who are in need. So we mainly focus on education, healthcare, and shelter. And so this honestly started when I was, I think about 12, 13-ish. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not the company itself, but like the idea. Right. Like the, like the idea started. It was, so my parents are from Bangladesh. Okay. And so my so my parents took me to Bangladesh once upon a time. And the first thing, like, you know, I was born and raised here in Toronto. So... Um, like I never really experienced poverty or never like witnessed poverty firsthand. As soon as I go to Bangladesh, it is different. It's like so different where it's to a point where the first thing, like as soon as I come out the airport, the first thing I see is like children without adequate footwear, like, like without appropriate footwear, without appropriate like, like clothing. So the first thing which clicked to me was what can I do? At the age of 12, I was like, what can I do? I, like, I didn't see what I liked. And I was like, I, like, I want to do something. I started doing my research and I see that there's a lot of child labor involved because children are trying to go to school, but they're trying to fund their own schooling. So they work. So they are working 10 hours every single day so they can afford school. And I'm like, 
well, okay, well, I'm here getting free education <laughs> and they're there working their butts off to afford education. And they're trying to feed, and there are kids who are trying to feed their families and everything. And I've seen that in Bangladesh. So when I came back, I was thinking about everything that I could do. And that's when, and like after a lot of research, in September of 2020, I start goal blowing. Just by thinking about like where, like just thinking about Bangladesh, India, and all of those countries who need our help at the moment. And so that's where Global Line came from. My initial mission is to help them fund education, fund healthcare, fund shelter. So I've seen people living on the streets, harsh weather, living on the streets, living in tents, not having proper, like not, not having proper clothing, footwear. So I want, like, so I want to do something. So that's when Global Line came in. This just clicked and I'm like, okay, let me create this. I worked day and night. I, I, like when, like when it was first happening, I worked out, like there was no sleep. I worked like two days straight to get my website done, to get this done, everything done. Right. I launch and that's when like things go slow and I have like one or two sales, right? And what I do with that is I add like a bit of my own money to it, like a little bit of my own pocket money. And my first thing, which I did was the homeless people around Toronto, like downtown, I, I, I literally went and I gave out adequate like winter gear right before winter started. I gave that out to like the, like the homeless people or like the unprivileged people who I saw downtown who are trying to like, you know, like who are like just there, you know, like people, you know, people usually walk by, like what I've seen is I was at a stoplight and there was this one person who was like really trying to like, you know, afford food, right? Like they were like, do you have 25 cents? All they need is 25 cents. Like the person was there like, do you have 25 cents? That's all I need. People just kept on walking by. And I'm like, all right, brother, man, come here. That's like the first thing I did. I'm like, how much do you actually need? And he's like, I need 25 cents. I, I gave him like, I think I gave him like five bucks. I'm like, there you go, and then you'll keep that. So you see that it's it's all about mentality. You know, people just keep on walking by. Yes, they're busy and thing, but you know, just helping one person can make the entire person day. Right. And Global Line, like that was like kind of like off topic, but like Global Line thing. So Global Line is all about like helping others, trying to form a community of change makers who are willing to change the world. So I'm not trying to create a clothing brand. I'm trying to form a community. Right. That's a, that's a big dream, but that you've already made an impact in your own community. That's, that's admirable because poverty is one of those things. Like we see the homeless people in, in our cities. And like you said, we, we walk by, it's very frowned upon uh, kind of thing where, a lot of people don't understand that 
they're not there because they're lazy or because they didn't want to work hard. They're, they're there because of circumstances that are beyond their control, whether it's mental illness, whether it's, you know, abuse, you know, whatever the, the reason is, it's, there's a, there's a mentality that they are there because they are lazy and that they did not work. And so they, there's a lack of respect and empathy for the homeless. That, that, that's one small, very important part, but a small part, but you talked about going to Bangladesh to going to a country that is, you know, underdeveloped, that has, whether it's political corruption, um, you know, famine, extreme poverty, disease, you know, we've seen that COVID just run rampant in these communities now in these countries because they lack those resources and they can't physically distance and they can't wear masks. You know, that, that is a true culture shock that I don't think enough people experience. I've never experienced it. I, I, I'll be honest with that. But when you look at countries like America or you, or you talk about conservatives who, who can't, they can't fathom, they can't fathom this level of poverty. They can't fathom the struggles that, you know, talk about child labor go through. They've never seen it. They never saw it before. So they will, they only like, you know, most, like what I, like most people, if they don't travel, they don't understand because they never see it. They never witness it firsthand, right? They like, all right, seeing on TV is something, right? Seeing on TV, UNICEF doing this, UNICEF doing that. When you go there, when you actually experience it, it's a whole other level, right? So people don't really like, they're like, People like for me personally, I like I got experience it firsthand. So I know like okay, Globaline is all about this, and I'm donating 10 to 10 to 50 percent, which literally every let's say like maybe three purchases can help them can like let's say like one purchase itself, right? Like if I'm donating 10 to 15 percent of each purchase, maybe three purchases can help. Like if I donate three purchases worth of money to them, that, that could feed them for about like a month and a half. Yeah. The arm our, our dollars here goes a lot farther in in yeah. other countries like like that. But you know, I almost think it should be like part of our high school curriculum or something where like you have to take a a trip to a country and, and see it firsthand because obviously and, and you said your parents like they're from there. They were they born there? They were they were born there, yes. So they even them probably telling you your whole life growing up about, you know, how they grew up or or family stories, whatever it is, you know, that can have an impact. But the extreme impact that it had on you just going there and seeing it, like you said firsthand, how it, you know, set you on this course to make things better. And I think that exposure, I think is almost critical for our human development in a way to gain that empathy for, for people and also put into perspective what we have, what, you know, that the fact that we're able to sit here on two microphones with our iPhones and have this conversation, you know, even that is an extreme point of privilege that most of the world doesn't have. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 
also just adding to that is, you know, with COVID happening, right? There are so many schools in rural areas in Bangladesh, which have literally shut down and kids don't have education because they don't have something like this. Mm-hmm. They don't have a phone. They don't have a laptop because they can't afford it, right? Maybe like they're living on like maybe like $6 a day, a day. Mm-hmm. They're living on $6 a day. And when I see that, I want to do something like personally because I've been there like I've been there and I've seen it happen. So I, I want to do something. That's why Globaline was very developed. That's why I became an entrepreneur and became a business owner because I, I don't do it for me. I, I do it for them. I want to help them. I don't like, of course, I'm here getting education, having a laptop, having a place, having my iPhone, right? They don't have those privileges. So I want to give it to them. Like, I want to be like, hey, I'm here to help you guys out. Yeah, That's where initially Globaline came from. What sort of things do you you offer? So you mentioned it's clothing. Like, is it like what, what kind of stuff are you able yeah, to purchase? So, absolutely. So Globaline is, so for Globaline at the moment, we have t-shirts, we have hoodies, and we have crew decks. And as I was saying that with every purchase, we donate 10 to 15%. And this is, and we, so we sell hoodies, crewnecks, t-shirts. As of for now, of course, we're trying to get like a lot more things going. And so our short-term goal is to help, um, of course, Bangladesh and India. So quite recently, um, Globaline partnered with another organization called Project, called Project Power Global. And... So this collaboration is all about education. So with every single purchase, with the collaboration. So we, we have like a collaboration hoodie, which whenever people buy it, we donate 20% to like Project Power Global so they can help people with education, that they can help like at like education like purposes, right? And of course for us Globaline, like we help everything. We help like healthcare, we help shelter, we help, we help things, like it really depends. Um, so we have a, like, so at the moment, uh, uh, we have donated about like $300 just global and alone, like not like thing, because I started in September, 2020, which is still new. Yeah. But like pretty new. And you know, we started like right during COVID. So like a lot, so, you know, like people losing jobs and everything. So getting like buying things gets like a bit more harder and we totally get that. So, you know, we're totally like, like we are confident. We are like, you know, we're just trying to, you know, scale up. Yeah. Don't downplay. I mean, sure. Maybe $300 doesn't sound like super sexy, but you're like, you got to put everything into perspective, right? That, like you said, it's COVID, it's a brand new company, any company, you know, trying to to market and let people know what you're doing and then not only let them know what you're doing but also have them invest like that's just a challenge for like every single business right so i mean don't downplay what you're doing and the fact that you're doing it in high school is for me mind-blowing because you said you had this vision this goal when you were 12 i have a brother who's 12 
And there's no way in hell he's thinking about any of this type of stuff. He's, you know, he's off in his own little fairy tale land. So, I mean, the, I, I think what you're doing is like absolutely incredible. What do you like? What do your parents think about all this? Like, that's the, the real interesting part here. My parents. So when Global Land originally started, it started with a 14 day trial. <laughs> so they never really invested anything into the company. It was mainly me. They like it, when I first started out in September, my parents never really knew about it. Mm. So I never like told them. They got to know more like November, December ish when they saw like when they saw like me like growing my team and like me like paying bills like like I usually pay like my own phone bill but they saw like other bills coming through and they're like what are these (laughs) and they're like what is the 60 Canadian dollars going to like what is this and I'm like oh mom that I I started my own company is for this is for that and they're like the main thing for them is education right so they're like as long as you do well in school go ahead make your own company I'm like sure so it's just like a contract, right? Mm. They're like, as long as you do go, you do well in school, go ahead and continue on with Globalan. I'm like, great. So I proved them like I'm like fairly doing well in school. And I just did Globalan. I got partnerships. I'm planning on doing more, more like more, more partners, more sponsorships and everything. And when they saw me for the first time donating, like taking in all the money and buying things just so I could give it out to the unprivileged. They were like, all right, I like what you're doing, but do well in school. So school is very, very crucial here because as soon as like they see my grades dropping, they're like, cut global and out, cut global and out because they don't see it the way I see it. They, they just see it as like, like this is like my personal opinion, like they don't see it like as things, like they don't see it as me trying to help others. They see it as it's like, you know, like of course it's a learning experience, but I am mainly doing it for people. I'm mainly doing it so I can help, so I can like change lives, right? And when they see it, they just see it as like a local company. They're like, oh, you're just selling clothing like a like like a normal company would do, or like any small business would do. Like they would just keep it to themselves or something. But I do it for them because every single purchase you make, I'm donating, right? Like I'm like keeping money aside from like a whole the bank account so I could like flush that bank account, take all the money, and I could just start donating to the people, right? So they don't really see it like that. <laughs> you see like as like a normal company but as i told you right mentality yeah i'm no. confident i am i have the mentality where i know me like if like if i wanna like i will scale global that's my goal and that's i'll awesome continue goal. on doing that i'm curious what's so, I mean, you said you're in high school. You have this company now that you, you just mentioned you're trying, you're going to scale. What are your, 
like, what are your plans? Like, are you going to try to do this through university? Um, you, do you have this vision that this is going to be a big CEO? You're going to be a big CEO for this company with other entrepreneurships, or are you going to have this as more of like a side project as you also go on other event like endeavors? What's kind of like the next little bit look for like for you? So my short-term goal is to, you know, so the school in India, in exactly Tamil Nadu. So they actually, I got to know about them and I heard a lot about them not being able to fund themselves. Like they don't have proper clothing and they're wearing their school uniforms as their casual clothing. So when I heard about that, I was like, I want to help them out. I want to, I want to like help them out through global art. So like it's certain things which keep me going, especially with global art. And I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Of course, I plan on having a lot more things going on. Like global art is just like a start. I plan on having like a few, like my, I plan on like right after university, I plan on doing like real estate and like a lot of all these things. So I have a few things in mind, but global is just a start. And I'm trying to get myself prepared, like trying to learn everything through global line. And like, of course, global line will be there with me all throughout university, throughout my, my work life and everything. And because as I said, like global line is not for me. I'll do it for the people. I've seen them struggle and 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 I want to help them out because not enough people that like they don't have enough support. Right? Like even if it's donating like a small amount of money, they are happy. And I just want to see other people happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well man, you are wise beyond your years um i feel like i'm talking to someone a little bit older than me uh with with everything you have going on and this this vision of not only helping people but making an impact on the rest of the world that's uh those are those are big lofty dreams and goals but i mean everything from this this hour-long conversation makes me think that you can get there and if it's not with global line it's with something because you got motivation you got drive you got the brain got the attitude. So, I mean, impressive. That's all I have to say. If people want to go, uh, you follow you on social media, they want to check out global line, maybe get a hoodie or a crew neck. How do they, they find you website, social media. For sure. So to get to know more about global line and to help be sure to visit www.globalline.org and to, to follow me on Instagram, it is, uh, so my Instagram is Z-A-F-I-R-V-6. So Z-A-F-I-R-V-6. That's my Instagram. Perfect. Well, Zavir, this was awesome. Thank you so much for, for joining me. And uh, going to have to maybe look at getting a sweater. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. And absolutely. It was like I had a great time talking with you, you know, getting to know you. And of course, I hope we hop on to many more episodes too. <laughs> awesome, man. We'll, we'll chat soon.
take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.